Hello there. I'm going to do another Facebook Live. Say hello to my friend. Um, I'm sure this is from some movie, American film, I'm not sure. But um, I'm still at my friend's house, staying here for a little while, and she's just moved in and she's starting to get stuff on the walls and furniture. So she got this piece of art, and that's very cool. It's like the biggest nightlight you'll ever find. So at night it's fantastic, it bathes the whole place in this, in this blue glow. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Um, I hope you're having a good Saturday. It's nice and sunny here in LA after a few days of rain. Please do say hello, tell me where you're listening in from, and also of course, make any comments, questions, anything you have, just feel free to share. And at the end, I'll have a little look and see if I can um, respond to some of the things. So what I wanted to do today is talk a little bit about this thing that I'm working on at the moment. Oh, before I do that, also something I'm doing at the moment is I'm giving away five free parables that I've written and uh, have read. So if you sign up every week for five weeks, you'll get a little uh, audio file delivered to your inbox with me giving you a story. So, you know, something to go to sleep with. Think of it as a sleeping tablet. So if you want to do that, go online. I think on my Facebook or Twitter, you'll find out information. Um, it's kind of in celebration of my pints and parables because I'm, I'm starting them off in 2017. And I did my first one two nights ago in LA. Had a great time and I just wanted to kind of connect that with a giveaway. Uh, if you live in LA, I'm going to be doing another one in two weeks. So please come along. It's at my favourite uh, cocktail bar in LA called The Three Clubs. But today I have been working on Atheism for Lent. Now, most of you will probably know that I have this yearly ritual that I take people through where we, over the Lenten period, we read some of the greatest critiques of religion and of Christianity in particular, not to judge them, but to let them judge us. You know, what better way to prepare for Easter where we read Christ saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, this great existential cry of abandonment than reading people like Nietzsche and Marx and Freud and Feuerbach and, and really listening to those critiques. So that's coming up. And um, last year was the first year I brought it online. And we had hundreds of people doing this. We had numerous churches across America and beyond who were meeting together to do this. So in an age where people say, oh, we're all closed-minded, everybody just like wants to listen to their own arguments and back back themselves up with, with uh, people who already think the same. Uh, what I found was actually there are thousands and thousands of people just in the circle that I'm part of. I mean, there's millions of course, but just in the tiny circles that I'm part of who, are, who love to be critiqued, who love to listen to different arguments, who love nothing more than to be challenged, destabilized and decentered by great art and great thinking, uh, great ideas. So that's what I've discovered with Atheism for Lent last year. It was huge, it was massive. So this year, we're doing it again. And the idea is, over Lent, you will get one reflection a day for the 40 days. 
and also I will be giving, I think it's five lectures, so once a week you can plug in and listen to me talk about the week's material. You can do it live or you can listen in uh, later on. And this year every Atheism for Lent is going to have a theme, like a thread that runs through it. Uh, this year's thread is the love affair between theism and atheism. Uh, often in America especially, there's this idea that atheism and theism hate each other, they're enemies, you know, they're, they're never the twain shall meet. And yet the secret truth is, atheism and theism are lovers. It's like the most beautiful and crazy and passionate uh, love affair you will ever read. Sometimes they're fighting with each other, sometimes they're intertwined with each other, sometimes you can't tell them apart. Uh, it is anything but boring. And you see this particularly in continental theology and philosophy where there isn't a clear line of distinction. Some of the greatest cr critics of religion are from within. I mean, you can think of just Kierkegaard as an example or some of the prophets or, or, or this guy, uh, Jean uh, Millier, which we'll be reading. Uh, Jean Millier, you never hear him mentioned uh, by people like Richard Dawkins or anything like that, but he is uh, widely thought of as the first person to write a full body of work on atheism. He's seen as one of the founders of the French atheist tradition, and he's a parish priest from the 17th century. When he died, they found this book called Testament, this huge, often very repetitive book that attacks the church attacks religion, attacks everything to do with the divine. And yet, strangely, it's written by this person who was his entire life a priest. You know? And that is not uncommon. When you start to look at atheism and theism, you find that some of the greatest theological critiques and some of the great, um, sorry, theological reflections and some of the greatest theological critiques are intertwined and they feed off each other and they enrich each other. Now, that means that this year, I think you'll get something out of this. Whether you identify as a theist or an atheist or as an agnostic. Because in this course of readings and reflections, uh, we will be seeing the blurred line between these. We'll hopefully be enriched by the dance between these two things. Um, this structure basically will be the very first week we're going to ask the question, where does the religious critique arise from? And the first week is much more contemplative than some of the other weeks. We're going to uh, read a little bit of a comic called True Faith, a really interesting comic from the, the writer of Preacher. It was his, I think it was his second comic book, but it was the first one that made his name. And uh, the reason why I want to do it is partly because it's set in Belfast, he's a, he's a Northern Irish guy, um, and it's a hard to get comic book. So I'm going to give you an excerpt of that, and it, it looks at, you know, the, the injustice that comes out of some religious thinking. We're also going to look at some Francis Bacon paintings. We're going to read about the trial of Socrates. We're going to read some of this guy, Jean uh, Millier, and just allow ourselves to feel where the critique comes from. To feel that the, whether it's, because we're going to look at anxiety, hypocrisy, injustice, these various places um, that, that critique of 
of religion can arise and try to feel um, in, in the core of our being, not just intellectually, but right here. Then, in the next week, we're going to look at some of the standard critiques of God, what I call the critiques of God as a being. God as an object out there um, who you know, looks down on the earth and, and kind of we communicate with, and some of the great critiques from the outside of the church. We're going to look at some contemporary ones and some old ones. But just these, these, these questioning of that very notion of God. Now after that, we're going to do a week on the masters of suspicion. Some of my favourites. The masters of suspicion are uh, Feuerbach, Freud, Marx and Nietzsche. And we're going to, we're going to read just small excerpts of their work and, and listen to those critiques. They're called the masters of suspicion because they are saying often that beneath uh, what our surface consciousness thinks. Believe what we think, there are other motivations going on. Nietzsche looks at how sometimes religion can be used by people who want power, the will to power. You know, uh, uh, Freud finds out and looks at how sometimes beneath religion there can be anxiety, fear, um, inability to accept death. Uh, uh, Marx looks at how uh, often religion can be used to actually justify those people who have the financial resources and money and to keep people who are poor thinking about a better afterlife so that they don't do any revolutionary change in this life. So we're going to read and reflect on those. And then after that, we're going to go into the critiques from the inside. And what I mean by that is we're going to look at some of the mystics who in, very early on embraced the atheism because they said the word God defines something that by definition is beyond all of our understanding. So as soon as we name God, as soon as we put God into words or experience, we've reduced God to something and therefore we have to deny that thing. So weirdly, the very affirmation of God demands uh, de-affirmation. Uh, Jean-Luc Marion, a, a French uh, mystic and philosopher, he, said, he talks about denomination. Every time we nominate God, which is name God, we have to denominate God, which is dename God, remind ourselves that that naming doesn't work. And I, I love the fact that churches are called denominations because uh, in, in terms of parotheology, I think of the, one of the rules of the church is to denominate God, to dename the divine, to, to rupture and critique all of our understandings of, of how the world and the divine works. So we'll look at people like Meister Eckhart, we'll look at um, maybe Simone Weil, we'll, we'll potentially look at um, uh, Marguerite Porete. Uh, you know, there's, there's various mystics, I'll have to decide which ones to do. Then we'll go into the existentialists. Uh, we will look at uh, maybe Mary Daly, Paul Tillich. Um, we'll look at this idea that God is the ground of being. And what the existentialists say is they go, someone like Paul Tillich says, well, we have to be an atheist in theology because God precedes all of our thinking. So God lies beneath subject and object, right? So ought to be human is to think of subjects and objects. As soon as I question anything, there is me a subject questioning an object. And for Paul Tillich, uh, God precedes subject-object distinction. So every time you make God into an object, you make God into an idol, and you have to deny that God. So Paul Tillich says atheism is closer to the divine than theism. <laughs> so we're going to look at that and we're going to explore what that means.
And then we're going to go into some of the stuff that I find very exciting, which is some of the um, what's called event theology, that God is the name for a happening, for a call to justice, a call to, to love and to transform the world. And, um, and so I, kind of in a sense, uh, theism and atheism are not actually relevant categories. So we may look at Levinas, Emmanuel Levinas, he as a Jewish uh, thinker, deeply rooted in his Jewish tradition. He said atheism is closing yourself off from the cry of the other. And theism, theism is cultivating a sensitivity to the cry of the other, who says in their being, do not murder me. Now what's interesting is, is for Levinas, he's defining atheism and theism in terms of how we open ourselves up or close ourselves down from the world in which we, world that we inhabit, uh, the world around us, the people around us. He doesn't then go on to say, oh, and it's also about whether you believe in God or not. See, he doesn't do that. He kind of like goes, no, 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 no. The prophets would say that if you, if you hear the cry of your neighbor, you are hearing the cry of God. And if you close yourself off from that cry and, and hermetically seal yourself in your own world, not only will you wither and die, but you will close yourself off from that cry of the divine in the other. But this, of course, starts to change the very way we think about the term God. Because now God, can you be an atheist, a theist, agnostic in terms of your beliefs and still affirm the depth of the, the Jewish, the Christian tradition and other traditions? Or, or can you not? Is there something in some of the great religions in the world, and, uh, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, some of, you know, Hinduism could be described as a, as a type of atheistic religion, Hinduism as a kind of polytheistic, Islam and Judaism as monotheistic, but is there something in them that actually transcends that entire debate altogether? We'll explore that as well. But there'll also be not just thinkers. As I said, there'll be like, there's a comic book in there. There's some art. And we'll have a couple of movies. I'm very keen for us to watch Silence by Martin Scorsese. Uh, I think it's a fascinating movie that, again, explores uh, these themes in a non-cheesy, uh, very deep and interesting way. And every week, we'll get together, as I say, and you can do this on your own or in a group, get together with four or five friends, get a drink, watch the lecture, do all the readings, and, uh, or as I say, you can do it on your own. But I am inviting you to join me on this. Um, I will put a link uh, to the course under this video. Once I post it, it might take me a minute or two to do. Um, uh, but if, I, if, you find, if you can't find it or if I can't put the link on, you can find it on my, my website. Um, probably in the next few weeks, as I put this material together, I'll do Facebook posts about some of the thinkers we'll be looking at. So that if you don't want to do the whole thing, or if you can't afford it or whatever, you'll still get you know, lots of material uh, freely given. But I hope that doesn't stop you from actually signing up, because I want you to sign up. Absolutely. So anyway, I hope that gives a bit of a background to this, this, uh, this course that will be starting. I think it... Uh, the 26th of February, maybe. I can't remember exactly when uh, uh, Lent is this year. Um, but uh, yes, but it's the exploration, the, the love affair 
and the dance between theism and atheism that enriches the one enriches the other um, that can bring us to a deeper appreciation of life and hopefully a deeper appreciation of the the core good news the core challenge the core invitation that that is within the text that maybe transcends the usual debates that we see on YouTube and that we read in Josh McDowell or whatever. Okay, any thoughts or questions? Let's have a look. Uh, somebody's asked, um, Emery's asking, yeah, uh, how much will it cost? So I think it's 40 bucks, and 40 bucks basically gets you, you know, you'll get all the material curated, you get the, the five lectures, but Price will never be an issue. If anything I do, if you cannot afford that, just email me. And if you can't afford anything, I'll put you on for free. If you can afford half of that, that's wonderful. Just PayPal me half of that. Uh, but if you can afford it all, brilliant, thank you. But money will never be an issue. So yes, it's 40 bucks. It's 120 bucks if you want to do it as a church. But again, of course, you don't have to tell me. You could just pay the 40 and still do it as a church. But, um, but if you're going to do it as a big group and you can afford it, give me 120 bucks, fantastic. But don't let money be an issue. Um, I, for me, thing I'm always against, by the way, is uh, anyone who ever has secret stuff that they say, well, you have to pay for it to get my real thinking. You know, you can get a bit of free stuff, but then behind this paywall, you get the secret. Well, no, everything I do, I want to be freely available to anyone. Um, there is no secret that will be hidden unless you pay me 40 bucks. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I'm just going through the the things people are just saying hi and how is it going oh yes Jane Fonda that's Jane Fonda from Barbarella thank you Christopher I knew it was, I was going to look it up before I went on but I had no I, I didn't so there you go but it's, it's pretty cool uh, let's see okay it's most of you just saying hello how's it going all of that from which I deeply appreciate by the way and there's quite a few people I'm seeing who I know it's quite which is fun um, all right well listen hopefully you'll join me for that as I say in the coming weeks as I do more work on this I'll be um, I'll be speaking on some of my favorite thinkers if you did this course last year just to let you know most of it's new it's almost a hundred percent new material but I've got to say there's some thinkers that I think it's worth coming back to um, some classic excerpts so I'll, I'll say 90% will be new there'll be like 10% where we'll, we'll reread and relook at some things and also you can actually get the old one last year's one on my website if you want to if you want to do that if you're a glutton for punishment and you want to do 80 days of, of atheism then you can all right well listen thank you very much um, take care of yourselves and um, I'll check in with you in a few days bye bye